0: Hey, welcome back to the Dream Crusher podcast. Today, we're going to be diving into just the reality of the process, the need to, when you're creating something, just to stick with it, to keep showing up. If this is something that's hard for you, that's, I mean, it's hard for us all. And so I'm going to be talking with Joni Simon from The Bite Shot. She does amazing food photography and does tutorials on YouTube about how to shoot amazing pictures of food and tips on lighting and running a photography business. She is about as legit as they come when it comes to being a content creator. And she'd be the first to admit that she's still figuring stuff out as she goes. This is a fantastic conversation and I know you're gonna love it. Let's jump in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dream Crusher podcast. Today, I have a a really cool guest uh, that I've admired for quite a while. She is a food photographer and has a channel on YouTube that goes through all of the crazy things that is involved with making beautiful food shots. Her channel is called The Bite Shot, and uh, so everyone just welcome, welcome Joni Simon. So, hey, thank you so much for being on here, Joni.
1: Oh, my absolute pleasure. I love getting to talk with people. A lot of times it's just me h- hanging out here by myself in the studio. So uh, oh, man. to connect with fellow creatives, that's always a treat.
0: Oh yeah. That photographer life. That's, it's the same for, for video editing. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm in a dark hole most of the day and you know, I don't know if it's sunny outside. Like <laughs> most of the, like I'll come outside and it's all sunny and I'm like, wait, has this been a thing for a while?
1: <laughs> there was another, there was the other day and I needed something at the grocery store and my husband's like, I can run out and get it. I was like, no, I really should go out and get this. Cause I should go outside for like I've, at least one time this week. <laughs> I'm outside.
0: I hear the humans go there. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Oh man. That's amazing. Well, hey, um, I would love to hear a little bit about um, let's let's go ahead and get into just an intro on your channel and what you do and what you're about for anybody who's not familiar.
1: Yeah, so I've got the Bite Shot started in 2017, devoted all exclusively to food photography. Uh, Kind of precipitated by the fact that I'd connected with some local food bloggers, and they were like, can you teach me how to take better photos of my food? And I started teaching local workshops, and I realized that, you know, there were certain fundamentals that are really helpful, of course, in the photography world to have, so that then you can do the fun things, right? Mm Because then once you know you're aperture, your ISO, your shutter speed, then we can get into composition, we can get into lighting, we can play around with food styling. But the problem was we kept running into a lack of sort of those basics. And so as sort of an ability to educate people before they came to the workshop, I said, well, there's YouTube, I know how to create YouTube videos, I'm just gonna put these first five videos up of, you know, how to operate a camera in manual mode and a basics of lighting. And uh, then from there, I'll be able to to teach more in these workshops. Well, lo and behold, I did that. And suddenly people were gravitating toward that content, and people started requesting, Well, you know, on the internet, on YouTube saying, Can you teach us how to do this? And how about, oh, let's do a dark and moody. And what if we do high key? And what if we do this? And yeah. it, it just sort of snowballed from there. And I was just watching these numbers going, Where are these humans coming from? Who knew that that many people were interested in food photography? Because I think it's such a, a small niche of. Of the larger photography community that I had no idea that many people were interested.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Cause I mean, yeah, you, you think about like, you want something with wide appeal, you know, and it's like, yeah, food photography that, I mean, maybe photography in general, but like, yeah, but man, you got, you got a, a, a a <laughs> YouTube, YouTube uh, channel. And it's just, it's really cool to see the kinds of content that you're making and all the different things you can dive into. And it's just, uh, it's, it's really inspiring. i I was watching through a few of your videos, uh, this morning and I'm just like, i learned a bunch of stuff, man. And, oh, <laughs> and the way that you present is so just down to earth and easy to understand. And, you know, I mean, me being an educator, I, I really appreciate when somebody can break down these, these, uh, difficult concepts into just simple things. And I think that's something that really stands out about your your videos is just, man, it's really easy. It's not intimidating. I don't feel like I need to be an expert to watch any of these videos. It's just it's really accessible, really nice. So uh, you do a great you. job.
1: Thank you. That is definitely too, I say, part of the benefit of when I started my channel five years ago was that you know my knowledge of course 5 years ago compared to where it is today is very different but i think that there was like you kind of as you're saying you know those early videos i go back and watch them and i'm like yeah these are still accurate but it is really interesting to watch them in the context of somebody who wasn't that like i was far enough and long in my journey to teach other people a thing but mm-hmm. i wasn't so far removed that i wasn't able to connect with that sort of beginner experience and so yeah. this has been been something that has been a special challenge the last year or two as my skills have advanced continuing to return back to you know, not talking above the level that somebody, you know, like that relatability factor and that connection to that, that sort of foundational perspective. And so really bringing more people into my process to help go, yeah, Joni, you're, you're talking now at a level that's, that's no longer, you know, accessible. And so it's really, it's interesting. And I think that it's one of those things if people question, whether they should, you know, start teaching photography or start helping other people. And I go, Oh, like you don't, uh, it's actually better the less, you know, to a degree because Mm. it helps you connect with that right audience. And so, um, yeah, I, I know too, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well. Like, how exponentially I have grown as a photographer as a result of teaching because there are so many times people would write into the channel leave comments on a video like oh I love this video can you teach me now all about what's the difference between raw and jpeg and can you teach me this and you know there's definitely I remember specifically somebody was like oh I'd love to get into macro photography can you teach me about extension tubes and I'm like it's an extension tube? So then of course, what I <laughs> do? Amazing. I get on Google and I'm like, like yes,
0: That's, <laughs> yes, I can teach you is. about
1: extension tubes. Okay. B&H, send me some extension tubes. Here we go. Let's get this going. And so it was just such a great education for me because, you know, when I, I you know, I've only really got serious about photography since maybe 2016. And so to mm-hmm. have such exponential leaps and bounds in my own photography, I 100% credit to teaching. And so whenever somebody's like, well, how do I, how do I learn? I go, go find somebody who will listen to you, who is interested in this, who knows maybe 10% less than you do. (laughs) (laughs) And go teach them because you will, you will learn so much in the process.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, part of that is just being able to talk about these things and kind of roll them around in your head and process them. You know, as you're teaching somebody, it's not, it's sometimes even less for their benefit and more for your benefit, you know, cause I mean, I've, I've discovered that if I need to really understand a concept, it's, it's kind of like two ways. Like I need to study to understand it so I can teach it. And then as I teach it, I understand it more, you know, and then you become better at whatever your, your craft is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause if you can communicate it, you can internalize it. That's knowledge in a different way.
0: Yeah. Yeah man that's so powerful so so exciting so take me back a little bit on uh on your photography journey like how did you get started in photography and then how did that get to food photography <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I have loved food ever since I was a little kid. I grew up watching the Food Network and PBS shows like um, the Two Fat Ladies, if anybody remembers that show from back in the '80s and '90s, and uh, you know Rachel Ray, and watching all these shows on the Food Network, and just really loved cooking. Yeah. And I did not—I was not raised in a foodie kind of household, so my mom was always like, "What is with this kid and her obsession with food? This is." bazaar and I was like 10 years old like mom can I make homemade pasta she's like why would you ever want to do that and so fortunately my enthusiasm for food was always indulged but um then I continued on with the food but then you know the magic of the internet circa 2007 that you know blogging really started to become a thing and professional blogging of course at that point wasn't what it is today Mm -hmm. um there's just a lot of people starting to put blog posts up about what they were cooking and what they were eating. And so I kind of found myself in that world and, you know, early Facebook days as well, and started then taking pictures of my food with the early digital camera, a little point and shoot and, you know, terrible lighting and horrible. I had no idea what white balance was and I look at, you know, I still have access to those old WordPress blogs and I go those are a badge of honor right there, you know, yeah. just that I was doing the thing and I can see, you know, whenever somebody like talks down on their old, like they're, you know, before you knew what you know now, um, you know, I go, Oh no, no, I, I see what I was trying to do. Like I yeah. see that sort of like vision that was in my head. I just didn't have the tools to execute it. Um, but yeah, started food blogging, creating content. And then, Over a series of circumstances and job changes, I ended up um, in a role selling point of sale systems to restaurants, connecting with local chefs and um, people in the food industry here in Phoenix, where I live. And uh, suddenly they saw that I had these skills creating content on the Internet. And they said, oh, well, can you come take pictures for our restaurant? One of my very first clients was actually somebody who I'd featured on my Instagram. And they said, we loved that photo that you did. Um, Obviously, you're a food photographer. Can you come in and shoot our whole menu? And I'm like,
0: like, yes, obviously I (laughs) am. Definitely, it's
1: like yes. Unfortunately, I had a friend who was working in PR for restaurants, and I like emailed her. I was like, "Okay, what? Like, what am I supposed to charge these people? Like, I don't even, I don't even know what this is." And I remember that very first photo shoot, we photographed like. 30 dishes in like two hours. It was like, which knowing what I know now, obviously that would not, I mean, I would not run the production. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. (laughs) But I also remember thinking at the time, like, oh, wow, I'm exhausted, like two hours straight doing photography. And like, Uh, little did I know, you know, 10 years later here, I'd be photographing cookbooks, 10 hour shoot days, like all these sort of things. So um, needless to say, though, it was really great. And I think that restaurants are such a wonderful way for anybody who's looking to start in the food photography world. I think restaurants are such a great space because obviously like the food production side of things is taken care of, but also anybody who's ever worked in hospitality is restaurants are a busy environment, dynamic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. You have to think on your feet. You have to be adaptable. And so I always say, if you can shoot in restaurants, you can pretty much do anything because it's it's never going to be as unpredictable and chaotic (laughs) as a restaurant environment. Um, And so, yeah, so I started, that's really then how the the journey started. I mean, certainly there were lots of turns and ebbs and flows and um, process along the way, but eventually then expanded into working with food brands so that I could be working more out of my home studio, which was, you know, effectively a, uh, you know, back, back patio that we built in and air conditioned.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I wanted to be at home with my family and with my kids who were young at the time. And so morphed my business in order to, um, cater to that. And yeah, today I do wide variety of different things, but really specializing in commercial photography for, um, food brands, content creators, as well as, uh, cookbooks, which are sort of a special labor of love too.
0: Yeah. Wow. It's funny you, you don't think about all of that work that goes into. I mean, every everything that you see with the food on it, basically. If you want the food to look good, I mean, we've all been into, you know that restaurant that obviously doesn't have any kind of food photography experience and it's just like a plate full of junk, you know. And you're like, <laughs> I guess I'll have that, but man, there's there's so much work involved in, in all of those things, like cookbooks and I mean blogs and everything. It's just it's one of those things that. I don't know. People I wouldn't think typically think about, but is I mean like like we said, I mean is is a is a very common very needed thing.
1: Mhm. I think there's definitely when people who are not familiar with the food photography world suddenly because, yeah, there's like a lot of assumptions that these things just sort of happen. But I mm-hmm. think, you know, in comparison to other forms of photography, that if you want something in the frame as a food photo, you have to put it there. Like bananas are not going to just show up. So like yeah. all the shopping, all the the, the pre-production part of a food photo shoot takes almost more time. It does take more time than the actual shoot itself. Really all of that planning and um, knowledge of food and working, you know, whether you're doing that yourself or you're working with stylists or chefs. So there's a lot of different moving parts, but I Mm -hmm. always say though, too, the beauty of it is that the majority of my work happens in a space that's two feet by three feet that, um, you know, I just really never broke free from Building dioramas. Did you ever do those in elementary school? Oh, yeah, Where you get the little shoebox and you create yeah. the little scene. The little scene, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly so cool. what I still do. We just do it with food because you know I've got friends who are portrait photographers and wedding photographers and you know at, athletes, a- athletes and all these other sort of like landscape. And I go, no, that's too big for me. Like if it doesn't fit on my little backgrounds, my little surfaces, I, I, it's not my thing.
0: <laughs> I think that's really cool though that like you have an awareness of that and you're just like okay this is where i want to be and where i feel comfortable because i feel like there there's this tendency to want to like okay i'm gonna do bigger and better and you know i'm gonna go crazy and you know shoot five thousand different things but you seem very focused like you're just like man i'm going to shoot a plate or a couple (laughs) plates and they will look amazing
1: Yeah, that's where that's where I'm happiest. You know, there was an opportunity that, you know, there's a number of producers in town who I know who I've done food work with. And somebody reached out and was like, hey, we've got this commercial for this restaurant. They're gonna be here they're doing the production in phoenix and they're looking for a a photographer and it was specifically more video work which i do i do a fair bit of video as well in the sort of social media content space as opposed Mm -hmm. to longer form commercials and things like that so i already knew like they said commercial and i was already like "Eh, this is probably not my gig um but they were like yeah it's tacos and it's this and then all of a sudden then they said and then the model and i was like model and they're like (laughs) yeah then the model picks it up and puts in their mouth i said yep nope i'm not your girl like People, no. I mean, I'll take a chef portraits here and there. I'll do some of that kind of work. But I I was like, no, this is this is not my wheelhouse. But I know somebody who I can refer you to. So I think that's, that's cool. been really um, helpful is, yeah, knowing, knowing people to send that work to and other fellow creatives who specialize in their own areas. And I think that just really helps me not only do work that I just know I really more naturally enjoy. And I, I think there is sort of like that sort of ability to decipher, you know, am I saying no to this because I'm afraid of this and this Mm. is an opportunity? Because I think there's been plenty of gigs that come my way, uh, especially when I was starting out and then I'd go, oh, this feels bigger. This feels scary. Like, am I I ready to work with a brand that big? Am I ready to take on a project that big? And so I think that fear factor is different than the sort of confidence knowing like, yeah, that's just not really what I do. And that's not what I enjoy. So, you know, if somebody asked me to shoot a wedding, I'd say, Oh no, I'm good. I'm good. A food festival. Nope. Sure. Don't want to photograph that. But, uh, if I can be here in my studio and do my little scenes, I'll be, I'll be super happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I that's, that's so great to, to just know like, Hey, this is where, this is where I'm effective and everything. Do you ever get do you ever feel that pressure of like, no, I should do more
1: mm. you know i I think I've come to a really great place, and this has only been within the last year or two of my business that I feel a certain confidence that I mm. did not have in what is it that I enjoy most and what I do best? I do think there's always this desire to expand in other ways that maybe don't look like the actual production itself, but um, higher stakes situations and types of clients and things like that. But I don't think, you know... The sort of i I've got friends and I've assisted and you know, done other roles on larger production sets. And I just go, this is not this is not really what I want to do. Like my happy place is when I've got my styling team here. I've got the chefs here. We've got, you know, like four or five of us. We've got the client here, and we're having fun, and we got yeah. the music going, and everybody's in a groove, and I can create that kind of space in that environment and that we create our best work. And so, yeah, there's certainly, Desire to always grow and expand and take on new opportunities and things like that. But I think, um, you know, and I'm sure that maybe seasons of life too will change. Again, my kids are still pretty young and here at home. And so um, so that's where I want to be. I want to be at my home base. And so that's why the studio is attached to the house. And (laughs) it's all happening here. But, you know, maybe someday, yeah, there will be adventures out and things happening at bigger locations and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think there is a certain, you kind of, look back and you go, Oh, we've, we've really accomplished something here. And this is, this is pretty special. And I really enjoy it.
0: Oh, so good. So good. I, I wish uh, we could all have that kind of um, focus and that, that kind of confidence of like, yep, this is where, this is where I want to be. And it's okay to say no to other things. How do you, how do you, like, how have you gained that kind of confidence? Like, how do you overcome, I mean, isn't there like self, self doubt? Isn't there some kind of like, how, how does that play in your life?
1: So much. I mean, I think about when I, um, you know, when I first started and I think, Uh, there's no set path to getting into this industry is, you know, uh, there's so many different ways to come into it. And there are definitely preconceived notions in the photography industry and maybe sort of old school philosophies of, well, you have to come up as an assistant and you have to come up through these ranks and it has to happen this particular way, or you have to go Mm. through this particular education. And, you know, I didn't fit that mold, right? Like I'm the Gal with the pink point-and-shoot camera, who then was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I gotta go get a more serious camera, and let's figure this out, and I guess you know, this just sort of <laughs> exactly, um, you know, a certain amount of like the the trajectory was accidental, just kind of following." what creatively spoke to me. And so, you know, there's definitely that, what we talk about, right? Like the, the imposter syndrome, the go, well, I'm not a real photographer, right? Like real photographers have studios and they have strobes and they have, you know, all the umbrellas and they have all these things and they have all these people on set. And so, uh, you know, certainly when I was getting started and, you know, I think about some of the first big brands I worked with and I'm like, when are they going to find out? When are, they're going to hate my work. They're going to fire me. And I was like, no, they, they saw my portfolio. Like they're not I'm not like (laughs) pulling the wall over anybody's eyes at what's capable. Um, But there were definitely times within especially the first two years of my business, even three years, um, there was at one point I had taken on. I had maybe about four or five regular clients and I had sort of like building things up. But there was suddenly this moment when I went. Uh, no, this is like, I can't, I'm not a real photographer. I'm just a mm-hmm. hack. I'm just a goofball. And so I actually fired all my clients, emailed them all said, Hey, I'm going to be hanging up the camera. I'm going to oh, go dang. help my husband with his real estate <laughs> business, which now I'm like, Oh man, we, uh, he is the love of my life, but we are not meant to work together. Like we sure. are water and oil when it comes to business relationships. So, um, yeah. So for the interest of preserving our marriage, we said, yeah, I'm not going to be a part of your real estate. Um, and, uh, but it was, yeah, I gave up all my clients at that point and walked away from it. Cause I just thought, yeah, no, this is, this was a fun little adventure. This was so- a great little hobby and Hey, but I also too, wasn't charging enough to turn it into anything full time. And so, you know, tried to be responsible and reasonable, but you know, yeah. it's one of these things that I think when you're a creative, Person, that when people ask me, like, why do you love food photography? I really can't tell you why, but I just know that my happiest place, like, when I am in that state where I am fully Joni is when I am playing around with food on a table and cameras and lights and doing that thing. Right. And, and it is likewise the same when I'm teaching food photography, like that is a place where I just feel whole. I feel at home and I can't explain it. And I wish I knew why, but I think that when you've been given a gift like that, and there's this creativity in you that you have to express, like, even if you shut the door on it, even if you walk away from it and say, no, it's still going to somehow creep back into your life and fortunately yeah. when it did, cause of course, like I couldn't help it. Like I, I still had the cameras and there was still food and I'd still be like, Oh, but I just gotta, I'm going to take this picture and now gonna oh, no, I'm going to post it quick. on the Instagram. I swear I'm done. <laughs> I know. Right. Just walk away. You're like, like waking I'm up, waking away. up late,
0: like just sneaking <laughs> pics of stuff. <laughs>
1: totally. Exactly. And so it's like, you just can't help it. I'm that person. And so fortunately it did come back around and as far as like what really helped catalyze it though too I think was having the YouTube channel and seeing oh there are all these other people who are you know and unfortunately I wasn't able to see it in myself but I also think that's why it's so important if you are looking to pursue photography or you know any creative medium is like finding mentors finding Mm -hmm. people around you who can go no like what you have something special and there's actually Uh there's a photographer who's a friend of mine from high school he ended up in the um commercial portrait space and I remember he helped me pick out my first camera I was like Uh what should I buy and he's like what after the point and shoot and you know I was like now I now I get to field those questions which is wonderful
0: so cool and
1: uh but I remember him saying like after I got that first camera and of course didn't know what I was doing but he's like you've got an eye. And I was like, I've got an eye. Right. Like, so I just think it's so that's why I just get so much joy, I think, too, from teaching and sharing about food photography and being able to impart that same sort of encouragement towards other people. But Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, from the perspective of if somebody starting, especially within those first couple of years, and you're just like, Ugh, like, go find somebody. Don't stop trying to be in a vacuum because you're gonna never, you're not gonna be able to pull yourself out from that. And as I think as human beings, like, whether you're introverted or extroverted, we're all created with the need for connection and. Mm-hmm having other people around us. And so whether that's an online community, or that's an in-person community, a photo club, whatever it be, um, having other people around you helps you to start to gain perspective. Because I think then, you know, as far as like where I'm at today, and I think I've seen the most drastic shift within the last two years is I feel very confident on a set. I feel very confident in my skills, what I can create. That I, you know, there's a new confidence that did not exist prior to that. And I think a big part of that, again, too, comes back to the people around me that now I get to work with a team and that it's not yeah. just me and that there is, that I see, oh, I really do know what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. So that really it took, I think it took a while that to convince good. yourself, though. Oh, absolutely! I mean, yeah. I what? I mean, if I really, I started this earnest, yeah, 2015, 2016, and it wasn't till about twenty twenty one that. And I mean, at that point, you know, I've got a YouTube following, I've sure. got a book, we've got all these things, but <laughs> they are apparently still the...
0: <laughs> pretty legit by that point. <laughs>
1: I even remember it was so funny that I was uh, the last in-person workshop that I taught before COVID. It was December 2019, and I held it at a local photography studio because mine was not did not exist at that point and uh, had six photographers who came in and taught food photography for two days. And I remember the end of the second day and I'm cleaning up and there was this guy who was like hanging out in the back room, just working. He's worked at the studio and he came out and he was like, yeah, really? Like you had some great stuff you were t- you really know what you're talking about. And I'm like, I do. And I was like, and of course, like, you know, I was like, I'm just a hack. And he's like, well, aren't we all? And I'm like, that's right. Aren't we all?
0: (laughs) There you go. That's the thing is like, is as much as you think you might be a hack, like, so is everybody else, you know, even people that are quote, you know, super successful, I think are still like someday someday Mm -hmm. people are going to realize like, (laughs) <laughs>
1: I'm figure it out. But yeah. yeah, I think you do at a certain point, you work with enough people, you get enough, ex- you know, and I even think about, you know, like cookbooks, for example, which are definitely kind of more of a sort of glamorous part, I would say, and something mm. that people go, Oh, a cookbook, right? Like, cause it yeah. really is a very special thing to see your work in print in that way. It's very different than, you know, other sort of client experiences. And yeah. I, I mean, The last cookbook I shot was probably the one where I finally, again, like I realized we've turned a corner. Whereas, you know, the first five before that, there was still like, I don't know about all this. So (laughs) you have to you have to continue to show up and continue to do the work, even though you kind of question it. And even though you're like, what the heck am I doing? You know, even thinking about when I was putting content on the internet going, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And most other people, even, you know, reasonable people around me are like, Oh, that's a cute hobby. Sorry. Like, what are you like, where's this all going? I'm like, I don't know where it's all going, but I really enjoy it. And so I'm going to keep doing it. And yeah, um, like,
0: <laughs> that's so <laughs> and, inspiring. That's so cool to hear. Cause I, I mean, yeah. it's, for me, I don't know about you, but, like, for me, I, I have this tendency to be like, man, I I need to have a big reason, a big plan mm-hmm. for, like, everything I do or else I feel like it's a waste of time, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, over the last couple of years, I feel like I've been worked out of that kind of thought, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, I need to justify every single moment of my time. It needs to, you know, make – either make money or, like, have some other reason or whatever, but it's like, no, there's a lot of beauty in just enjoying something, you so know, true.
1: and so if you true. enjoy something
0: and it's healthy in your life, like it's OK, you know, it's OK to just enjoy something. And if it turns into something like a career, uh, you know, or a very serious hobby or whatever, mm-hmm. um, man, that's that's all the better. But I mean, the joy there is worth it.
1: 100 percent in and of itself it does not need to lead to anything that yeah. you know we're just as i you know kind of the idea that yes we are we're human so we need connection as i think innately as humans we also need to create and maybe that doesn't take the form of sort of traditional what we would classify as creativity but i'm like somebody who writes code that's creative, right? Oh, yeah, like absolutely. somebody who develops curriculum. That's creative. Like yeah. there's creativity takes so many forms and so whatever that creative spark, whatever that thing is that you can't help but do, there's a there's a reason that it's reason enough just to do it, like you said.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Okay, so I'm really curious. So take me back to when you fired all of your clients. Like what <laughs> Where did that come from? Like, was there a certain event or did somebody say something to you or like what happened to make you just be like, I'm done?
1: That's such a good point. I mean, I think that it was the essence of, I think part of it is I am a firstborn, highly motivated, A-type kind of personality, somebody who's always got a plan, somebody who always knows what they're doing, right? Or at least I used to. Fortunately, I think life breaks us of certain things that um, need softening. And so I I think at that point, where I was, was thinking, and I had left prior to that, I had been, I mean, I've been working the sales job, six figure income, sole breadwinner, my husband was stay at home with the kids. And so when I you know, was like, I gotta, I like, I can't continue to work this job. I gotta go do something creative, quit, quit my job, cold turkey. And (laughs) then came home and told my husband, so I quit my job today. And he's like, I mean, bless this man. I cannot tell you how much of, you know, when people granted people say, do you work with your husband? I go, no, that doesn't work. However, none of this would exist without him because of that support. And I'm like somebody who puts up with, you know, me coming home and saying I've quit my job, but, um, but yeah, I think kind of going back to that question of where where I was at was that I I had always been so responsible that I had already always known that I could make the money and all these things. And so realizing that from a business perspective, like this wasn't paying the bills and this wasn't Mm -hmm. going to replace that six figure income based on how I was treating it. Because again, I was not charging people enough because I didn't, I doubted my skills. I doubted my legitimacy. So I'm like, can you pay me $300 for these? You know, what effectively is like half day's worth of work is like, that's never gonna help you close that gap. And just so from a business perspective, Like it just, I did not have the confidence in myself to say that, yes, I have what it takes to make this a full-time thing. And so, um, and, and yeah, it was that fear, it's that overwhelm, it's the, I don't know how to take this to that full time place, um, yeah. and and so I had to take the step back and go try to help my husband with real estate, and go gosh, this is really not working. This is definitely not where I want to be. And then yeah, the you know it all kind of led me led me back around to okay, let's let's do this again. But how do we approach this different, and how can I bring my business background to this to see what do I actually need to do here? And I think, you know, there's some very fortuitous connections, too, that something I always am grateful for is when the right people suddenly show up in your life at the right time. I can't tell you how many times that, you know, just somebody ends up in my life and I'm like, I don't know why this person is here, but there's something, you know, and there's these, these support arms that suddenly start to show up and you kind of have to be open to receiving that support from people. Um, but yeah, I, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it was, it was a crazy time. And the other thing is too, though, I, I think that one of the things that I try to help people realize is that even if you do close that door, it's not closed forever, that maybe mm-hmm. you do need to take a step back for a season. Cause I think that's the other thing is like, we think that, oh, I'm supposed to do this and then just always do this. And it's like, no, maybe you start here and then you leave for a bit and then you come back. Right. Like yeah. it's okay if things go in seasons as to, you know, there's different seasons of life and family and, parents and kids and, you know, all the other responsibilities and school and all these things. And so, um, taking each season for what it is.
0: Wow. Such a good point. So, so, so wise. Gosh, dang it. That's That's so cool. Um, man. So, uh, for anybody who might be kind of working on being creative and, you know, maybe thinking about getting into a hobby, maybe, maybe it's photography, maybe it's something else. Like what kind of advice would you have for somebody who is like, kind of on that cusp of like, am I good enough? Like, can I actually do this? Like, what what, what would you tell that person? i
1: would tell you, you're way better than you think you are. <laughs> it's because we're always going to see the flaws in our own work. We're always going to be our own worst critics. I can also, you know, I, I look at the things that I do do for, especially work for clients. And there's stuff that I create that I'm like, okay, this is not going to win any awards. I don't even necessarily even like this, but this is something that is serving a need for somebody else. And that this is also what enables me to continue to run the business that I do. But I think that, yeah, what, like whether you're pursuing that professionally or not, you know, and you're questioning the value of your work, I think Especially early on, it comes down to. But did you enjoy creating that work? Mm. Did you? Was there something positive else other than your own critical eye on this? And then I do think that having some trusted people who you can share that work with, because I think that part of the problem too is that we'll sit and you know, kind of keep it to ourselves that, yeah. um, you know, there's so many artists who I know that create beautiful work and they're like, Oh, but it's not that good. And they don't share it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I go, no, like be like my kids and go, look at this beautiful artwork that I created. Like, you know, kids, right? Like, look what I made. Isn't it amazing? And I'm like, it's unfortunate that we lose that, right. As we become more aware of ourselves and self-conscious and all these things. Um, So I would say, you know, continue to share it. Cause that's the other thing too, is that if you share it, even if on the internet, and I mean, I, you know, as a YouTuber, right. YouTube has, is a place for trolls and granted I, in the grand spectrum, I, have so few trolls that show up that um, yeah. i'm super grateful for that um but even despite that there for every toll there's a hundred other people who are gonna love what you're doing and yeah. so even if it's a teeny tiny group of people that you connect with on the internet that you share this work with like those spaces of encouragement and that's why in the education that i provide like the community that we've created um on our own platform is just that's so important to me. And that is a resounding, like that is a recurring theme of like, we have this space because we want you to know, like you can share your work. This is a safe place and that we will see the value. Just like looking back at my old work and I go, yeah, I had no clue what white balance was, but I did have like an idea of perspective. And I yeah, can see yeah. that. And there's always something in every piece of work and maybe it's just a matter of chipping away at it and you're gonna you you know make that investment of time because I also always think about like if I'm at this place right now how much more amazing is this going to be a year from now two years from now like I think about today you know I've I'm five years into my YouTube journey 10 years into my photography journey like and this is where I'm at like and and to know that i i still got all this life ahead of me the, the, who oh my gosh i can't wait to see what 10 years looks like this is yeah. like this is gonna be wild <laughs> wow
0: gosh so, that's that's putting so putting
1: yourself in that future position and thinking about if i keep at this what's this gonna look like
0: so great oh, i love that so man for anybody listening to this stick with it trust the process man that's uh that's so so great Joni, uh, thank you so much for coming and sharing a little bit about your life and your your uh, your ideas and your process. It's been so inspiring and so thankful for you.
1: Oh, thank you. And thank you for everything you do. I uh, One of the things that I um, committed to recently was learning DaVinci Resolve. And so I was just okay. delighted to see all the education because I know that there's there's a lot of magic that happens in the, in the post part of the conversation. So uh, thank you for the education you provide.
0: If somebody wants to uh, check out your uh, YouTube or anything... Um, online, where should they go?
1: The home base for everything is the dot com. That will lead you out to the YouTube channel, the Instagrams, the TikToks, the newsletter, the community. Uh, we've got a number of free uh, online courses as well as uh, paid courses. So there's lots of different directions depending on what you're looking to learn and where you want to go. Um, but yeah, it's all all roads lead back to thebiteshot dot com.
0: Wonderful. All right. Well. Um, Something we like to do on this podcast and on my YouTube videos as well is have a really awkward outro. Oh, so,
1: perfect!
0: I love awkward. <laughs> yeah. So, would you like to um, take care of the awkward outro for us?
1: Oh, the awkward outro.
0: I, I mean, what gets more awkward than
1: being like, oh, I don't, I don't even know what are we supposed to do next. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for listening. If you wanna support this podcast, make sure to give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast is brought to you by groundcontrol.film. If you're looking to learn post-production in DaVinci Resolve, there's no better place online to get some structured, professional training. We break down advanced editing and effects concepts into simple ideas so that you can create amazing things. Plus, if you use the code DREAMCRUSHER at checkout, you'll get 10% off anything in the store. Check out our courses now at groundcontrol.film.